Well, we are getting you set for two Big 12 games in the Sweet 16. I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com, covering the Big 12 Conference. As always, thanks for being here, for joining us, for being a part of the show. And we've got a couple of good games. Now, I'm not going to lie. I thought we'd have more than two Big 12 teams in the Sweet 16. I got greedy thinking four. I thought three was probably the best bet. And instead, we got two disappointing, no doubt about it. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I mean, we talked all season long about how we thought uh, this was clearly the best basketball conference in America, and it still is, but you want to back it up in the postseason. I know anything can happen, one and done, unpredictable. I get all of that, Um, but I don't want to make excuses either. You know, I mean, if this was the shoe on the other foot and the SEC was bragging about how great it was and they get – eight, nine teams to the conference or to the tournament, and then two of those teams get to the Sweet 16, I'd be saying, hey, was the SEC really that good? So I think it's fair to ask that about the Big 12. Now, the beauty of the Big 12 is that anybody could beat anybody on any given night. And I'll still stand by that. But it was not as top-heavy as a lot of us maybe wanted it to be. But we got Kansas State, we've got Texas, they're both playing, of course, in a Sweet 16 this week. How did they get here? Before I get to game previews and predictions, how did they get here? So we'll start with Kansas State. Uh, they beat Providence. Excuse me, Kentucky beat Providence. They beat Montana State uh, 77-65. And then they beat Kentucky. Who beat Providence? There you go. 75-69 to in one of the great second-round games. I can still see Marquise Noel's uh, bounce either. There were two great passes. I mean, there was a bunch of them, but two that stand out in my mind. There was one between the legs behind him, and there was one no-look behind the back. It was unbelievable. And then on top of that, the guy's draining threes left and right. So that was a thing to watch. Now the Texas Longhorns. They got here. Uh, Texas beat Colgate in the opening round. No issues there, 81-61. Got by Penn State in the, in the uh, second round, 71-66. to 66, And now they get set for Xavier. That'll be on Friday night. Uh, so you've got K-State on Thursday night in the early game. To, and then you've also got, of course, on Friday, you've got Texas and Xavier in the uh, 8:45 game, the late game. Of course, the Midwest Regional is where you're going to have Texas and Xavier. That's going to be in Kansas City. And then K-State and Michigan State is going to be In New York City, Madison Square Garden on TBS. So great basketball all around. Two Big 12 teams are in the mix. And let's get to it with my preview and prediction for each game. And please do subscribe on YouTube if you haven't yet. Let's start with K-State taking on Michigan State in this Sweet 16 matchup in New York City. So these two teams have a lot of similarities. More similarities than you might think. First off, when you look at the Big 12, you look at Kansas State. Kansas State's one of the better three-point shooting teams in the Big 12 Conference, and they also are the best three-point defense in the Big 12 Conference. What is Michigan State? Best three-point shooting team in the Big 10? And I'm looking at conference-only stats, by the way, for each league. And then on defense, they are the best when it comes to guarding the three-point line. So they do an outstanding job, just like... Kansas State does in that category. So, okay, you're looking at this and saying, where are we finding differentials between these two? K-State, second best free throw shooting team in the Big 12. Michigan State, the number one free throw shooting team in the Big 10. The comparisons continue. 
On top of that, let's look at something else where they are very similar. They both are negative in turnover margins. Michigan State and K-State. Oh my goodness, the similarities continue, right? So this is one of those games where suddenly you're looking at it and you're saying, what might the difference be? The difference to me in this game is a couple of things. K-State proved itself on the boards against uh, Kentucky in a very impressive way and is one of the reasons that they won that game. They have been good on the boards all season long, second best in the Big 12. Michigan State, not good. Bottom half of the Big 10 when it comes to uh, rebounds. And that's one of those things in a game where it could end up being lower scoring than certainly Kansas State wants it to be. Those kinds of things, second chance points are going to matter. And you've got a Kansas State team uh, that proved that going up against Kentucky, you know what? They can rebound with the best of them. They can get the job done. They may not have the big man in the middle necessarily that everybody thinks about, but they can get the job done in this kind of environment. And ultimately, a game like this will come down to who controls the pace. K-State wants to keep it moving. That's what they want to do. That's when they're at their best. Michigan State, going to want to slow it down, be a little more methodical, and longer possessions. Ultimately, in a game like this, high emotions, high energy, going to be rocking at Madison Square Garden for each of these teams. I think K-State's going to have the pace that it wants in this game. And ultimately, ultimately, this is going to lead to Kansas State picking up a victory over Michigan State with a final of 72 to 64. K-State gets a relatively comfortable win over Michigan State, and it's heading to the Elite Eight as the magic carpet ride continues for Jerome Tang. That's what I've got in that game between K-State and Michigan State in the Sweet 16. All right, come at me, K-State fans. I know you're going to say I'm just jumping on the bandwagon. I had them losing to to Kentucky in the second round. Some of you are never going to let me live it down. That's okay. I owned up to it on the other show this week. You can rip me all you want. I'm here for it. I'm accepting of it. It's all good. It was never personal. (laughs) I'm so happy that we've got Kansas State in the Sweet 16. And by the way, it's one of the great stories when you think about it. It's one of the great stories because four guys on that roster are from New York City. Four guys on the K-State roster from New York City. And now they're in their hometown under the brightest lights in basketball at Madison Square Garden and some of the brightest lights in college basketball in the Sweet 16. And, and there's a part of me, too. I mean, you can't beat the Final Four. I get that. But there's a part of me that likes these conference or I guess they're regional semifinals and regional finals more than the final four because they're in basketball arenas. Once you get to a final four, you're playing in a dopey football stadium. And I understand it's all about grabbing every last dollar. I get that. I do. But man, this is the last chance you're going to see college hoops played in an actual basketball venue before the ridiculousness of playing in a football stadium. So I I am thrilled to be on K-State, to be riding with K-State, and I feel pretty good. I think that Michigan State's luck is ultimately going to run out uh, come Thursday night in the Sweet 16. So I'm going to take K-State by the eight points, 72 to 64 in this game. The Magic will run out for Tom Izzo, and he's great in these Sweet 16s. You think he's won his last four Sweet 16 matchups, but not this time I'm in. 
not this time. Next up, let's talk about the Texas game, Texas and Xavier. So intriguing game here between these two teams as well. Um, but they differ in a lot of ways. And that's something that is going to play out in this game between these two teams. First off, the guard play is fantastic. That's going to make a big difference. The guard play is absolutely going to make a difference in this game. You've got a Texas team that is one of the hottest in the country right now, won the Big 12 tournament, um, got itself into a situation where, uh, you know, they now are in a Sweet 16 under Rodney Terry. It's been a very impressive run as we talk about this Texas-Xavier matchup and what the Longhorns have done here the last couple of weeks. Texas can put up points. Now, Xavier can as well. You look at these two teams, and you see a Xavier team that scores in the 80s almost every night. That's what they want to do. That's how they want to play. Now, Texas can do that as well. Texas was second in the Big 12 in scoring at 76 points a game. So certainly, they know how to fill it up. They know how to take care of business. They can do that. They can play high-paced. Xavier may want to play more high-paced, but both these teams are capable of playing high-paced. The next question is this. Who can stop somebody? Who's able to make a stop? And that's where you have to look at these two teams and say, Texas is much better suited to make stops than Xavier is. You look at Xavier, they were bottom four in the Big East in scoring when it comes to defense. On the defensive side, uh, they were bottom four in opponent field goal percentage. They were bottom half of the Big East in opponent three-point field goal percentage. They were not good defensively. Now, they're a good rebounding team, but they were not good defensively by any stretch. And also, when it came to turnover margin, they were bad. Bottom four in turnover margin in the Big 12. Texas will exploit all of that and more in this game. Texas is a team that can fill it up, but also plays defense. Look at what Texas has done all season long on that side of the ball. They've been much better than Xavier has been. There's no question about that. They're the best free throw shooting team in the Big 12 Conference. Um, on top of that, you look at this team and you say to yourself, okay, turnovers, number one in the Big 12 in turnover margin. Number one, plus 3.3 per game you got a Xavier team that's minus 1.3 when it comes to average turnover margin per game. That's the kind of thing that can make or break. If you've got a Sweet 16 game and you're on the ropes, turnovers are going to play an enormous role, and Texas dominates its opponents in that category. Xavier does not. Xavier is the opposite in many respects of what Texas does when it comes to uh, turnovers, and those are the things that are going to make a difference. Texas can play up-tempo if it wants to. It's got some of the best backcourt play in the country right now. Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, Serge Ibari, uh, Rice. I mean, this thing is really humming along. And on top of that, the reason I like Texas out of the gates in the NCAA tournament is because these guys want to see Rodney Terry get the job. And I believe, ultimately, they are going to get this win. Texas is going to an Elite Eight. Uh, and they're going to beat Xavier. It's going to be a high scoring. I'm going to say 78 to 72 Texas over Xavier in the Sweet 16. There you have it. I'm Pete Mundo on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. All right, let me have it. What am I getting wrong here? I'll give you picks for the other games. I'll just run through those as well. Uh, but I do like both our Big 12 teams who are still around getting to an Elite Eight over the weekend. And when they get there, since I'm so confident, I will give you predictions for those games as well. 
Uh, let's run through the rest of the bracket here. I'll start in the South Regional. I'm going with uh, Alabama and Creighton in each of their games. Alabama beats San Diego State. Creighton ends the magic carpet ride, the Cinderella story that is the Princeton Tigers. I'd love to be wrong about that, but uh, I don't see it happening in this game unless Princeton just can't miss from downtown. Uh, the FAU-Tennessee game. I'm going FAU. I, I, I know you're going to say they barely beat Fairly Dickinson. Or as those of us from that part of the world used to call it, Fairly Ridiculous. No, uh, FAU can fill it up. Uh, Rick Barnes disappoints in this tournament. That's what he does. Give me FAU beating Tennessee in the late game in New York City on Thursday night. Next up, uh, UCLA and Gonzaga. I'm going UCLA. I'm going to go with the Bruins in that game. And then UConn-Arkansas, I will take uh, UConn. Arkansas is riding, riding high after beating Kansas. Uh, their season will end against the Huskies. And it will be UCLA and UConn in the regional finals. Uh, that's in the West Regional. And then taking on Texas, since I got them beating Xavier, Houston. Houston's going to be too much. That Houston-Miami game could be one of the best games of the Sweet 16. But um, there's no doubt that I, I believe Houston's the better team. And, and we're going to have chalk in that Midwest Regional. One versus two. Houston taking on Texas for a shot to go to the Final Four. The old Big 12 against the new Big 12. How do you like that? I mean, this is what I'm rooting for at this point. I want to see a K-State versus either Texas or Houston championship. No matter what, you got Big 12, Big 12, and a national title. So that's what I'm all on board with. I want to see that happen, and I'm pulling for that as a Big 12 guy. That's what I want to see. By the way, I will note this as well. One of the reasons I'm so high on K-State going into this matchup, that backcourt. Now, you know that backcourt. Noel... Uh, Keontae Johnson, put those two guys together. If you have a strong, veteran, confident backcourt, you can go very far in this tournament. Um, the guard play is probably, you look, now I'm just looking at this from the regional perspective. You know, if I'm looking at this and saying, what's the most intriguing regional left? It is the Midwest Regional. It's Houston, Miami, Xavier, Texas. The guard play in that regional is out of this world. All four of those teams, you look at and you say, dang, that's some darn good guard play across the board. That, of all the regionals, are uh, the best two games and the one that is by far most interesting going into you know the Sweet 16 Elite Eight and then eventually one of these teams going to go to a Final Four. If you look around from there, probably the second most intriguing regional I'd put in the West, Gonzaga, UCLA, Great matchup out West. You got a UConn, a team that's won a national title, taking on an Arkansas team that's playing good basketball, just upset Kansas. Um, after that, I would put it in the East and say the K-State-Michigan State matchup, Tom Izzo, what the Wildcats have done this year, and then FAU-Tennessee um, has some intrigue. And then I would put the South in last. Alabama-San Diego State, I don't know. I just Maybe I'm biased. I just can't get any juice for Alabama. Just can't do it. Um, and then Creighton, Princeton, I, I want to be a Tigers guy. I do. I want to root for the Tigers. I feel like because of fairly Dickinson, uh, Princeton's story has gotten lost. 
in the shuffle here a little bit, and that's not fair to them. They're, they are a 15 seed in a Sweet 16, but I feel like because Fairly Ridiculous won that first round game against Purdue and you know nearly pulled off an upset after that against FAU and almost got itself to a Sweet 16, no one's talking about Princeton. And Princeton's like, hey, hello, hello, we're over here. We're a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. Can you not forget about us, please? So I do feel a little bit bad uh, for the fact that Princeton hasn't gotten the notoriety I feel like it deserves. And speaking of the tournament and Fairleigh Dickinson, do you see their head coach, Tobin Anderson? He bolted for Iona already. He took the job that you know replaced Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino went to St. John's. Tobin Anderson went from FDU to Iona. I don't blame the guy one bit. I, I don't. The guy's 51 years old. He's been toiling around in you know, low to mid-level college basketball for 25, 30 years. I, I, I don't blame him one bit. But, man, and I know you can't wait. I'm just, I'm trying to be, um, I'm being a sap here when I say this, but could you have given the school a week to enjoy this? <laughs> two days. Two days after the guy, you know, uh, gets knocked out, eventually the season ends, and he's like, yeah, that was fun. I won a big game. I'm out. <laughs> It's like, I know it's the sport. I get it happens. I'm not naive about it. But a part of me is like, man, he couldn't even do a victory lap on on campus. Like, did they even do that before he just rolled to Iona? (laughs) Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. But such is the world of big-time college sports. And that is, once again, the reason where all of us get annoyed sometimes with the transfer portal. But with the way these coaches act, how, how can you blame the kids? You just, you can't do it. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks for being here. Hey, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And uh, we'll get you hooked up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie. And, of course, subscribe on YouTube. A lot of video content coming your way there. So we appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Go Big 12. We'll talk to you soon.